0: Good morning and welcome to Freya's Hall. This is Freya Folkfinger, from here, signing in. Um, just putting on my shoes, getting ready to head out the door, my way to work, work, work. And my hamster was trying to get out of her cage. She's like, she's trying to chew out of her cage, she is. Andromeda is her name. Uh, yeah. She's like chewing away. I'm going to get a, a film camera. i got to go over here and grab my other shoe. Hang on, let me put you down for a minute. Oh, oh what's that? Oh, what is that? Hello? Hello, who's this? Hello, Eddie. Oh, say hi.
1: Hello, Eddie.
0: Oh, it's Gary. He's, he's Gary. He's my Eddie. He's my new Lumin pin. He sleeps in my bed when I'm not here. I go to work. and I changed the... Bedding into uh, the bedding that the little doggies can lay on so that they can have my bed while I'm not here. And then I come home and then I switch out my bedding and then I get back on my bed because sharing is caring. Sharing is caring. Sharing is caring. All right, I think I learned that off bumper, bumper, stomper, boo. Tell me, tell me, tell me, do. Does my ass look big today? Does my booty look firm? Oh, I gotta be able to lift those um, totes. So if I keep my booty firm and my legs strong, then. I don't have any problems lifting I have a weight belt when I feel too old and I'm like creaking (coughs) yeah I have a weight belt at work so I can do that yeah so uh, I seen a video the other day of one of my favorite favorites ever and I think (laughs) and correct me if I'm wrong I think his little male friend, his workout partner's got a little crush on him. Little man crush. He earned the name the Wet Willard. So now he's Wet Willard to me. Yeah. He juiced up his finger really good and he stuck it in his ear. I was kind of jealous. I wanted to be on the giving, re- the giving end of that. Yeah. I was like... <sighs> Why can't I just be in the back seat with behind you so I can stick my wet finger in your ear and wiggle it around a little? Okay, so it's Odin Day. I'm looking for a shirt, and I was going through all of them, and I have <laughs> quite the variety. I have, um, I love my owl shirt, the owl that's singing, speaking, and playing the piano, but since today's Odin Day, I might wear Odin's shirt, Actually, I'm going to wear the L, smell the armpits, make sure it is clean, because I don't get my clothes dirty, but my armpits tend to say, I'm alive, staying alive, ew, 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 staying alive. Okay, that's what it sounds like when I'm putting my shirt on. Now, let's go to my necklace. And my necklace is, um, it has a round gem that says Freya, which means lady. And then I have one that has horns with a swirl symbol on the third eye. That's very ancient looking. That represents myself. And then I have my feather that has my son's ashes in it. He is a god currently working on his masters. He's the Hulk. Hulk, Master Hulk. Mm -hmm. Master Hulk, Mama sure did a good job on you. But I got all these other children too. Yeah, they're going to be down here. They're not going over there to work. So they're going to be here during the twilight of the gods. Unless... A change comes into par. But yeah, I'm gonna put my little virgin clip in because it's been nine years. Clip that in my hair, make sure I have my mask. Spray on some pretty cologne. Let's see what's this smell. Mm -mm 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 Oh, I like that one. Oh, yeah, drench me in that. It's called White. By Kenneth Cole. Yeah, that is smells really good. It's white, like Blanco. Ah, oh, oh, my titties! Oh, spray that on my titties. Oh, little crotch shot. Oh, they have go. Oh, little dogs. Right Behind the neck. All oh, oh. right, let's put that Victoria's Secret perfume lid on. I lost the other one. Yeah, little sniffle'll do. Little day'll do ya. Grab my bifocals so I can see. Um I'm gonna put Sean pause real quick. I need two hands. Hold on. Hello, and I'm back. That's where it ended on 606. Uh, so I'm in my vehicle and I'm one of those older people that don't know how to use much technology and i'm always having such a problem so i get in my vehicle and i'm like wow i have like this tv you know i have this screen in my car and i have music right so i I hit music and it says uh music library songs albums artists so i push songs the related media file not found albums says the same, artist says the same, so I go up and I push home, and then there's an easy connected, then there's video with an action thing, so I go to action, it's like nothing, oh my lord, so we got gallery, I don't even know how to listen to my radio, uh, um, let's see, it's got map, um, s-y-g-i-c, S-Y-G-I-C. Help! Like I can't even turn it off. Okay, so then it's got settings. So I go over here to settings and it's Bluetooth, sound, display, navigation. I mean it's got like a hundreds I can't like century link. Oh I'm reading off people's names here. Yeah, so oh, and it's even got a backup camera. I don't know how to use none of this. I guess this is why a man having a man is important. <laughs> I don't want to diss on that. I have boys. I have sons, so I'm not dissing. Um, yeah, so anyways, I, want, I should probably get my son out here. Um, but I don't really like to listen to the radio while I'm driving anyways, because it's very distracting. Not that talking to myself isn't, but at least I'm talking to myself. And I'm holding my phone up, talking into my phone, when I have my headphone things on. okay. Oh. Oh, God, Lord, Lord, Lord. this is going to be an interesting day. Okay, so back to, what was I talking about? Um, what Willard? Um, yeah, so I decided to wear my L shirt with the piano and such. I like to send messages with my clothing that I'm wearing. Um, not that any of them are offensive or anything. Uh, I can't even really call them spiritual. I'll say energetic, magical and boom, let's drive. So I was in the shower this morning and that's usually where I get most of my connections to Source with uh, Source and intuitive viewings, visions um I can hear things. So they're not voices, but they are voices. Let's see. Uh, so this morning, I had a vision. Um, red light. Yeah. So this morning, I had a vision huh. while I was in the shower, and I was talking about it. And then, yes, in the shower. And then, so then I started to say, "Watcher, you know, take me into this." with this into the universe, right? So I'm like showering and I turned the water on hot because I like it hot. I like it hot. So I turned it on hot and I was humming. I was doing the tones. I was doing oh. Uh. Um, it's the O's, the ahs, and the Ums, and I did that with my face in the water, and it vibrated. The tub was started to like vibrate, so it felt really good on my feet. My son and my neighbors are probably like, "What's really going on around here?" <laughs> no, but I've I've um, told him about the sounds too, and also if you want to connect. Open your third eye. Uh, You can do those sounds, but uh, you'll have to hum them. But you put your tongue, press your tongue on the roof of your mouth. Okay, so put it up there and press it. Press on the roof of your mouth with your tongue. And I want you to focus on what you want to focus on. Put your two Middle fingers. Let's say you're saying "I love you" or "Rock on." So you want to fold those two middle fingers, and those are the two middle fingers you're going to use. You're going to want to press those two middle fingers on your third eye, and you're want to say "Oh," so it's "Oh, ah." Uh, um, like, oh, uh, um, like, um, uh, oh, that's oh, uh, um, that's what the monks do, that's what those cathedral people do when they're in there going, oh, they're hitting those bongs. do that. Let's see how long I can do that for. All right. I exist. My energy is clear. In through the nose, out through the mouth. also driving so I couldn't really concentrate but when you're doing that in the shower it will like vibrate your entire soul but you gotta really get down deep and bold like let's try this one more time we're gonna do the O. it's not even embarrassing going to do the ah. Uh. Uh. We're going to do the um. Ah. Uh. Those ones I did without the tongue on the roof of my mouth. So, if you were trying to do that with your tongue pressed against the roof of your mouth, you were probably trying not to swallow your tongue at the same time. So, let's try doing that with the tongue at the roof of the mouth. Uh, no, it is not possible. And I'm going to get up on the freeway here. I think I... Got this big damn GMC that just rolled up on me like some kind of a Mad Max. What's with this? I make fun of the show Mad Max, and then I got all these cars getting on my be donkey donk on my tail end, on the tail end of my car. Ah, you jackass! Okay, V35 TCR GMC Black Truck just cut me off. He cut me off. I was in the middle of harmony. How dare you? Damn. So Chevy drivers. I swear, people that drive Chevys, guys that drive Chevys, they think they're so tough. They're like, they'll like roll up on you and open up their driver's side door with their seatbelt on. And they're like, they got their one hand you know, white gripping, white knuckling the window, the, the, the wheel. you know, and they're out there and they got to roll down the window and they got to lean out that door and be like, yeah, we're out my
1: fucking and they're
0: like yelling at that other person, I know, because I was married to one, I was like, oh my gosh, this guy's getting worse and worse as we go. It's like he was always so angry all the time. It's like, I thought you smoked pot to be mellow. It doesn't make any sense. She'll be coming around the mountain when she comes. Yeah. Okay, so I hit that exit again. So I don't know what I'm going to talk about today. Um, I'm going to go in, though, and I'm going to find something really cool stuff. I was thinking about that this morning in the shower and I was connecting to Source and I was thinking maybe I should teach everyone how to connect to Source. Uh, That way we can all connect together. But um, I haven't put up their commercial yet. It's one of those things I'm going to set up. I'm still trying to figure this out. But anchor.com no, it's not Anchor.com. I'm sorry. I'm not very good at that. Anchor.fm. And it's spelled A-N-C-H-O-R.fm. Like radio channel FM. Anchor.fm. Where you can go into your cell phone. Or into your computer. And look them up. In Play Store. Or on their website there. And you hook up... And it's a free podcast. I mean, eventually, with so many like listeners and th- stuff, I think money starts to roll in. There's opportunity for that incentive. Um, monetizing, all that. I haven't got to that yet. I'm just playing around. <laughs> uh, yes, it's fun. I love it. And I love talking to people. And I talk to myself on the way to work. And I'm usually a hilarious mess as though I am also a beautiful mess, but I'm a hilarious mess, and I have to basically stay quiet at work, because, um, it, like, echoes in there, and so people only hear half of what you're saying, or it sounds like you're yelling at them, and with my tone, I use tones with my voice, like. Some people think I'm like yelling when I'm just using my tone voice so that people can understand. I guess it's my mommy voice. So I don't know. But uh, yeah, so I try not to talk too much at work. I do talk to this one gal. She's one of my besties. Uh, The widow, I've spoke about her in my episodes. You know who the widow is? Yeah, that's us and um, our stories. Well, our we're being talked about, and our stories are are pretty similar. I mean, they're similar enough to where it kind of it woke me up enough to say, "Hey, something's not right here. This is this is the way it should be. This just doesn't seem seem familiar." And so, that's what's cool about that is that's how you trigger people is you kind of tell a little bit of the non-truth and then they'll go wait what and then it's like a trigger that it wakes them up and so they're no longer sleeping in that sleeping realm that um, the world's pressed fears try to keep us in so that we don't step out of the box peek our little heads out of the box you know Sniff out the window a little. Avoid those Willy Willers. Yeah, this podcast is for you. You know who you are. I'm gonna tag you in it. But yeah, um, I watch your shows. As soon as I get moved into a house, I'm probably going to. Uh, after I get the rest of my equipment. I'm not, doing pers- uh, pri- I'm not doing those public gyms anymore. I'm just not. Um, not that there's anything wrong with it. Can you tell I'm a Seinfeld fan too? Actually, me and Seinfeld, Jerry Seinfeld, um, we have the same birthday. And I have the same birthday as Uma Thurman as well. A poet named Poe, um, who I believe I'm related to. Who else is it? Michelle Pfeiffer. And yeah, they all share birthdays with me. I can see similarities. So if anyone else is out there that's got the April 29th, that is four, two, nine. Let's see, nine and two is 11, plus four, 11, 12, 13, 14, 5, and six. There's two threes there. At the one, six, seven, At the other one, that's seven, at the seven, that's fourteen, at the six, that's seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. We're back at eleven again. Yeah. Ooh, ooh I gotta take a peek a leak. Oh, oh, well, isn't she a cute she's a cute wife? I like to see like, my, my coworkers, workers like, spouses, and they're, like, dogs and cats and their children and stuff. Not that I'm weird like that, but I just, I'm just really curious on, hmm, I wonder what his wife or her, her husband looks like or her boyfriend or... I'm into looks. Looks are appealing to me. It shows inner and outer beauty. It really does. If someone is not pretty on the inside, and let's uh, say they're pretty on the outside, but they're not pretty on the inside, and they start to, with their personality and their actions, and their. I don't know what they smell or. I mean, that's kind of rude, but it's not if you're purposely not wearing deodorant. Whew. Um, yeah, so... Uh, I lost myself again. Mm, yeah, Okay, workout. Stay healthy. This is Freya Sesramur. Middle name Folkvanger. Signing off. I'm going to go in and help save a few more lives. Push out some totes. I'm on uh, some that I'm very familiar with. We've been bouncing back and forth. It's kind of like my idea. It's what I've been doing. So they kind of like took my idea. But they're not running it the way I like to run it. So it's not really getting done the way it should. And being under new supervisor. We'll just take the super out. and We'll put professional babysitter in there. Um, So... Yeah, so it's kind of getting a little, like... <laughs> it's a mess. Let's just say it's a mess. When um, I was had my little system going, because I could have it going, because it was kind of like my position to do so, I would take the... Uh, but this, this new person doesn't know what's going on. Never, I don't think it was ever supervised before. Um, babysat, probably... Um, told him what to do but got to separate the babysitting from the supervisor because we're not your wife your girlfriend your boyfriend your husband your children your family no no one chooses my family for me and yeah that made me really upset we will be family we all be family now we can get through this I'm like, uh, no, <laughs> this is my job. My family's at home. No family here. Especially not with Schmiegel. Especially not with Troll. Especially not with the Liar. Especially not with the reptilian over there, the turtle. Especially not with that reptilian over there, that turtle. No, I am goddess. I seek to explore the adventures of the world not the hermits in the dungeon alright wet willard you do know who you are wet willie him for me this is Freya folkbanger Sussramnir signing off Flex. Ciao. Good afternoon and welcome to Freya's Hall. This is Freya Folkfinger, says from here. Tuning in. Just had a woman cut me off. She looks like a Jethro. Uh, over here at McDonald's seems to be the only thing open at the time uh, what time is it here Um, it eight 8.08am so I guess it's not I guess it is not uh, afternoon to me it is it's break time I get up at 5am and I go to work Get out of there at 3. I like my schedule. Let's see if this woman gets the wrong order because she butted in front of me. No class. No class at all. No manners. People with no manners. we will work on that. I have manners, I think. Man-ers. Manners. Oh, I guess I better get to my videos. So I got the number one because I feel number one today. Really very number onesie. Large coffee, I said. No response. Large coffee, I said. No response. Large coffee, five creamer, two sugar. I got a response. How many sugar? The teller said. I said in return. Two dos, do. you got it in do French you got dos in Spanish and you have two in English I don't know who's in here oh, it is a lovely day I don't like to be inside the vehicle in front of me has cancer you Now the paint starts to peel off Rust and see how much they charge I me mean, it's like five dollars and something for a biscuit. Egg McMuffin though? Yes
1: ma'am. I like your gloves, it's cute. Oh
0: thank you. <laughs> I just wore them from work. It's... Just from work. Really? It's yeah. cute, I like it. Purple. I like it's
1: it's thank you. Have a good one
0: enjoy. Thank you, it. have a great day. Oh, We're into complimenting gloves now. I got my purple Latex gloves on from work. Uh, She had clear ones on. I like the food ones. This man looks like he wants some change, and I don't have change. I mean, I can give him a tip, but it'll be. Thank you, honey. Thank you, gracias. Gotta speak their language, show a little respect. America was not Mexico. I'm not sure about that. All I know is I'm not from here, from the sky. But I like the sky. So. All right. There's one, one casserole, two casserole, three casserole, four, one potato, two potato, three potato, more. Mmm. I'll drive back. I just want my coffee. I spend $30 a month on coffee, it seems. A little bit over 30 if I get a good deal. Just barely a little over $30 a month. It's about the same, I think, if you buy Folgers, because Folgers, you gotta like, re, or like, (sighs) Folgers, any type of a coffee that you put in your coffee machine at home, it's like, what, 12 bucks for a big one. It's gonna last you. So it all adds up to about 20-some, 30 bucks after the creamer and the honey and all that stuff that goes in, so it's about the same, other than the driving part, that's wire and tear, and also gasoline, chug-a-lug, evaporation it uses, but that's okay because I like to pay to go for a drive on my brake. Freaking, I can't call him a Nazi. I can call him a commie. Anyway, it's taking all of our privileges away. It's not happening. It's going to stop here real quick. got to get somebody else. This is uh, not going right. i got to put my foot down. Phrase here, phrase in charge, and you'll see with you at large I'll rhyme I don't do time but I've been watching the protesters on TV about this George Lloyd again and uh, this is the third protest they were very peaceful nobody got arrested this time that was good nobody got arrested because they showed give energy that you want to receive so if you're giving negative energy you're going to receive negative energy you're given violent energy. You're going to receive violent energy, just like when I took on Superman, the man of stealing. I thump I thumped him so many times, so many different times. One time, he laid his hands on my thor when he was a young boy, he was about nine. I left, right, left, left, right, left, left, right, left, grandmother, and pound, boom. I laid into him. I think this is what I did. This is what Superman did to me. Superman drank too much, okay? Because he's got a little drinking problem. He pops pills and smokes a lot of pot but I don't think pot has anything to do with it other than making me groggy. Right? Yeah. You know those people that taught and they just constantly sound like they're whining. Hey, man, what's up? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, over here, man. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, those guys. Yeah, anyway, so Superman thumped Thor at a very young age. Just came and thumped him from behind. Thought he was badass, so I came in and I said, with every punch. Freya came in and she said, "You know, Thor's just a young boy. Didn't know what was going on. Kind of wondering what was going on." Freya came in and she said, Ooh. "So, what the fuck? What the fuck?" Is Freya, you know, what the fool? Just kidding. Kind of, it kind of went in like this. Hey, <clears throat> push him by his push, hand power, push, <clears throat> energy power into the chest. Boom, threw him back. Kind of came forward. Boom, 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 boom. Bitch got up. Boom, tripped his ass. Bonk. He gets up as he's getting up. Boom foam, don't you ever touch my son again, do you understand, you motherfucking piece of shit, man, I still got up, he stood up, oh, my eye, my eye, I made his eye bleed, it was bruised, And he had to go home to mommy. He went home to mommy with a bruised eye and his eye socket. A little bit of blood coming out of it. He put his sunglasses on to go to the family barbecue. If they could still see it. But they knew what happened the night before. But he showed up with the black eye. Don't mess with Freya or any of Freya's kids. I gotta go. This is Freya Folkfinger, Sestram, you're signing off. That is my one of the... Oh, let me tell you about the other time I ground and pounded this Superman. Yeah, he came at me. After Hulk passed over to the other side, he thought he found a weakness. So Superman came into Freya, came into Freya, came up to Freya, puffed out his chest to Freya. Freya pushed him back with another power push, her magical push that she learned. I'll teach you. Went flying back, landed on his manistil ass. And I punched him. Right. Left. Right. Left. BOOM! Motherfucker. Take it like a bitch. You think I'm weak? No, I just gain more strength. The power is mine. I have power. Mana still gets up, spins around, does this knuckle. Does this elbow. Hit. BOOM! Hits Freya right in her side. BOOM! She lands on the couch. She sits there and she stares at him. Their owl. Big owl. Beautiful owl eyes. And they just gazed at each other. And Superman just flew off. Yeah. Man of Steel knows not to come around Freya. Shut his nose. But okay. This is Freya Folkfanger That's from your Man of Steel and McDonald's. Have a great day. Ciao for now. Hello and welcome to Freya's Hall. This is Freya Folkfinger Sessram signing in. Um, I've been reading up on trolls, elves, and fairies. Did you know that trolls and elves and fairies will snatch your baby for one of their toxic babies in order to prevent this from happening? You should place an piece of iron next to your child's bed. Yeah, and further on, um, here we go, it's called the challenging. A challenging, also historically referred to as an off or oaf, is a human-like creature found in folklore and folk religion throughout Europe. A challenging was believed to be a fairy child that had been left in place of a human child stolen by the fairies. The theme of the swap child is common in medieval literature and reflects concern over infants. Yes, instance of infants, infants thought to be afflicted with unexplained diseases, disorders, or development disabilities. Here's a description: A chang is that changeling? A changeling? A changeling is typically identifiable via a number of traits. In Irish legend, a fairy child may appear sickly and won't grow in size like a normal child, and may have notable physical characteristics such as beard or long teeth. They may also display intelligence far beyond their apparent years as well as possesses uncanny insight. A common way that a changeling could identify itself is through displaying unusual behavior when it thinks it's alone, such as jumping about, dancing or playing an instrument, though this last example is found only within Irish and Scottish legend. A human child might be taken due to many factors. To act as a servant, the love of a human child or malice, spelled M-A-L-I-C-E. Most often, it was thought that fairies exchanged the children, in rare cases, The very elderly of the fairy people would be exchanged in the place of a human baby, so that the old fairy could live in comfort, being coddled by its human parents. Simple charms, such as an inverted coat or open iron scissors, left where the child sleeps, were thought to ward them off, (laughs) so ward off the fairies and the trolls from uh, taking your baby. The dango a your baby. Other measures included a constant watch over the child. D.L. Ashelman points out in his essay, Changelines, that Changeline tells, illustrate, an aspect of family survival in pre-industrial Europe. A peasant family's subsistence, Frequence, frequently, darn it, depended upon the productive labor of each member and it was difficult to provide for a person who was a permanent drain on the family's scarce resources. The fact that the changeling's ravenous appetite is so frequently mentioned indicates that the parents of these unfortunate children saw in their continuing existence a threat to the sustenance, sustenance of the entire family. Changeling's tell support other historical evidence in suggesting that infant-side was frequently, frequently the solution selected. Okay, function. The devil steals a baby leaving a concealed changeling, early 15th century detail of the legend of St. Stephen. That's an interesting picture. One belief is that the trolls thought that it was more respectable to be raised by humans and that they want to give their own children a human upbringing. Some people believe that trolls would take unbaptized children, Once children had been baptized and therefore become part of the church, the trolls could not take them. Hmm. Beauty in human children and young women, particularly traits, which evoke brightness or reflectively, such as blonde hair and blue or silver eyes, are said to attract fairies as they perhaps find preciousness in their perceived traits. In Scottish folklore, the children might be replacements for fairy children in the Thithe to Hell. This is the best known from the Ballad of Tam Lin. According to common Scottish myths, a child born with a cowl, part of the omnoitic membrane across their face is a changeling and will soon die if a fae birth it is a favor. birth. Other folklore says that the human milk is necessary to fairy children to survive. In these cases, either the newborn human child would be switched with a fairy baby to be sucked by the human mother, I mean suckled, yikes, suckled by the human mother or the human mother would be taken back to the fairy world to breastfeed the fairy babies. It is also thought that human midwives were necessary to bring fairy babies into the world. Some stories tell of changelings who forgot and forget. They are not human and proceed to live a human life. Changelings who do not forget, however, in some stories return to their fairy family, possibly leaving the human family without warning, the human child that was taken may often stay with the fairy family forever. Feeling connected to the fate of a changeling, there are families who merely turn their changeling loose to the wilderness. Some folklorists believe that the fairies were memories of inhabitants of various regions in Europe who had been driven into hiding by invaders. They held that changelings had actually occurred, the hiding people would exchange their own sickly children for their healthy children of the occupying evader. In folklore Cornwall, the toll stones in Cornwall are said to have a farrier pixie guardian who can make miraculous cures, in one case a changeling baby was passed through the stone in order for the mother to have her real child returned to her. Evil pixies had changed her child and the stones were able to reverse their spell. Germany. In Germany, the changeling is known as Weschelbalg, Weschelkind, Kielkrop, Dickkopf. The last both hinting at the huge necks and heads of changelings. Several methods are known in Germany to identify a changeling and to return the replaced real child. K. Confusing the changeling by cooking or brewing in eggshells. This will force the changeling to speak, claiming its real age, revealing its position beyond synchronicity. Another, attempting to heat the changeling in the oven, perhaps a lie by capacity to endure present. Also hitting or whipping the changeling, sometimes a changeling has to be fed with a woman's milk before replacing the children. Hmm. In German folklore, several possible parents are known for changelings. Those are the devil, a belief shared by Martin Luther, a female dwarf, a water spirit, a mukhni, a mother, Rai aunt, Rai mother, a demonic woman living in cornfields and stealing human children. <laughs> okay, in Ireland, in Ireland, looking at a baby with envy, overlooking the baby, was dangerous as it endangered the baby, who was then in the fairy's power. So too was admiring or envying a woman or man dangerous, unless the person added a blessing. The able-bodied and beautiful were in particular danger. Women were especially in danger in liminal states, being a new bride or a new mother. Putting a changeling in a fire would cause it to jump up the chimney and return the human child. But at least one tell recounts a mother with a changeling finding that a fairy woman came to her home with the human child saying the other fairies had done the exchange and she wanted her own baby. The tell of surprising of changeling into speech by brewing eggshells, is also told in Ireland. As in Wales, various legends describe other ways to foil a would-be fairy kidnapper. One was the stout gurum, August, Corisiam, Thu, I bless you, or God bless you, which would cause the fairy to abandon the child It was trying to still. Another possible tactic was to insert oneself into an argument over who would keep the child. Shouting out, give it to me, would trick the fairy into releasing the child back to a human. Changelings in some instances were regarded not as substituted fairy children, but instead old fairies brought to the human world to die. Irish legends regarding changelings typically follow the same formula. A tailor is the one who first notices a changeling, the inclusion of a fairy playing bagpipes or some other instrument, and the kidnapping of a human child through the window. The modern Irish girl's name, Soyfra, means an evilish or changeling human, child. Evilish, I'm sorry, or changing child, deriving from siobra, siobra, meaning fairy fairies. The aoc siapra, commonly anglicized as shivra, may be prone to evil and mischief. However. The Ulster Folk Song, the Garten Mother's Lullaby, also uses shivra simply to mean spirit or fairy. The Isle of a Man The Isle of a Man had a wild collection of myths and superstitions concerning fairies, and there are numerous folktales that have been collected concerning supposed changelings. Sophia Morrison, in her makes fairy tales, David Nutt, London, 1911, includes the tale of the fairy child of close N.Y. Lehigh. A tale of the child supposedly swapped by the fairies for a loud and unruly fairy child. The English poet and to prof- prographer George Waldron who lived in the isle of the man during the early eighteenth-century cities, a tale of the reputed changeling that was shown to him possibly a child with an inherited genetic disorder. Nothing under heaven could have a more beautiful face, but though between five and six years old and seemingly healthy, he was so far from being able to walk or stand that he could not so much as move any one joint. His limbs were vastly long for his age, but smaller than an infant's of a six month old. His complexion was fairly delicate and he had the finest hair in the world. He never spoke nor cried, ate scarcely anything and was very seldom seen to smile But if anyone called him a fairy elf, he would frown and fix his eyes so earnestly on those who said it as if he would look them through his mother. Look them through, sorry. His mother, or at least his supposed mother, being very poor, frequently went out, Uh, and left him a whole day together. The neighbors, out of curiosity, have often looked in at the window to see how he behaved when alone, which, whenever they did, they were sure to find him laughing and in the utmost delight. This made them judge, and he was not without company more pleasing to him than any mortals could be. And what made this congestion seem the more reasonable was that if he were left ever so dirty, the woman at her return saw him with a clean face and his hair combed with the utmost exactness and nicety. Yeah, so they, uh, Scandinavia. The Nordic traditional belief... It was generally believed that it was trolls or beings from the underground that changed children. Since most beings from Scandinavian folklore are said to be afraid of the iron, Scandinavian parents often placed an iron item such as a pair of scissors or a knife at the end of an unbaptized infant's cradle. It was believed that if a human child was taken in spite of such measures, The parents could force the return of the child by treating the changeling cruelly using methods such as whipping or even inserting it in a heated oven. In at least one case, a woman was taken to court for having killed her child in an oven. In Sweden, it is believed that a fire must be kept lit in the room housing. A child before it is christened, as well as that the water used to bathe the child must not be thrown out as both of these acts prevent the child from being taken from trolls. In one Swedish tale the human mother is advised to brutalize the changeling so that the trolls will return her son but she refuses, unable to mistreat an innocent child despite knowing its nature. When her husband demands she abandon the changeling, she refuses and he leaves her whereupon he meets their son in the forest, wandering free. The son explained that since his mother had never been cruel to the changeling, so the true mother had never been cruel to him and when she sacrificed, what was dearest to her, her husband, they had realized they had no power over her and released him. The tale is notably retold in Swedish children's story author, Helena Nyblom. In the 1913 book, Bland Tomtar Troll," which is depicted by the image, a princess is kidnapped by trolls and replaced with their own offspring. Against the wishes of their troll mother. The changelings grow up with their new parents, but both find it hard to adapt. The human girl is disgusted by her future bridge groom, a troll prince, whereas the troll girl is bored by her life and by her dull human future groom. Upset <coughs> with the conditions of their lives, they both go astray in the forest, passing each other without noticing it. The princess comes to the castle, whereupon the queen immediately recognizes her, and the troll girl finds a troll woman who is cursing loudly as she works. The troll girl bursts out that the troll woman is much more fun than any other person she has ever seen or met, and her mother happily sees that her true daughter has returned. Both the human girl and the troll girl marry happily that very same day. And then there's the tells of Wells and Wells the changeling children, the human in its subsistence by gradually grow uglier in appearance and behavior, ill featured, malformed, ill tempered, given screaming and biting, it may be of less than usual intelligence, but again is identified by its more than childlike wisdom and cunning. Yeah, the common means employed to identify a changeling is to cook a family meal in an eggshell. The child will exclaim, I have seen the acorn before the oak, but I never saw the likes of this, and vanish only to be replaced by the original human child. Alternatively, or following this identification, it is supposedly necessary to mistreat the child by placing it in a hot oven, by holding it in a shovel over a hot fire, or bathing it in solution of foxglove. Holy spe- Holy noly! I don't think I could do that. Excuse me. But I will tell you right now. I'm okay with fairies, but I cannot tolerate trolls. I can't do it. Elves. Elves, I can tolerate the elves. But no. Not trolls. So. Trolls, no. No trolls. All right. This is Freya Folkfinger Seth Ramir signing off. I'm off lunch and back to work. Ciao. Good evening and welcome to Freya's Hall. This is Freya, folkfinger, Sess tuning in. um, I wanted to read a story and it is called Minikin. A child called Minikin conquers three trolls to save two captured princesses. Warning. This is a vintage fairy tale and may contain violence. We would encourage parents to read beforehand if your child is sensitive to such themes. There was once upon a time A couple of needy folk who lived in a wretched hut in which there was nothing but black want so they had neither food to eat nor wood to burn but if they had next to nothing of all else they had the blessing of the Asgard's so far as children were concerned and every year brought them one more the man was not over pleased at this he was always going about grumbling and growling and saying that it seemed to him that there might be such a thing as having too many of these good gifts so shortly before another baby was born he went away into the woods for some firewood saying that he would not want to see the new child. He would hear him quite soon enough when he began to squall for some food. As soon as this baby was born, it began to look about the room. Ah, my dear mother, said he, give me some of my brother's old clothes and food enough for a few days and i will go out into the world and seek my fortune for so far as i can see you have children enough asgard help you my son said the mother that will never do you are still far too little but the little creature was determined to do it and begged And prayed so long that the mother was forced to let him have some old rags and tie up a little food for him and then gaily spelt G-A-I-L-Y and happily he went out into the world but almost before he was out of the house another boy was born And he took, and he too looked about him and said, Ah, my dear mother, give me some of my brother's old clothes and food for some days, and then I will go out into the world and find my twin brother, for you have children enough. "'Asgard, help you, little creature. "'You are far too little for that,' said the woman. "'It would never do.' "'But she spoke to no purpose, "'for the boy begged and prayed "'until he had got some old rags "'and a bundle of provisions, "'and then he set out manfully into the world "'to find his twin brother.' When the younger had walked for some time, he caught sight of his brother a short distance in front of him, and called to him, and bade him to stop. Wait a minute, he said. You are walking as if for a wager, but you ought to have stayed to see your younger brother before you hurried off into the world. So the elder stood still and looked back, and when the younger had got up to him and had told him that he was his brother, he said, but now let us sit down and see what kind of food our mother has given us, and that they did. When they had walked on a little farther, they came to a brook which ran through a green meadow, and there the brothers said that they ought to Christian each other. I mean, christen each other. I mean, ritual each other. As we had to make such haste and had no time to do it at home, "'We may as well do it here,' he said. "'What will you be called?' asked the elder. "'I will called be Minikin,' answered the second. "'And you, what will you be called?' "'I will be called King Pippin,' answered the elder. "'They christened each other and then went onwards.'" So I will say they vowed to each other when they vowed each other what would be the proper word for that help me out here when they had walked for some time they came to a crossway and there they agreed to part and each time his own road this they did but no sooner had they walked a short distance than they met again so they parted once more and each took his own road but in a very short time the same thing happened again they met each other before they were at all aware and so it happened the third time also the powers of three must I remind then they arranged with each other that each should choose his own quarter and one should go east and the other west but if ever you fall into any need or trouble said the elder call me thrice thrice i would assume is three times and i will come and help you only you must not call me until you are in the utmost need In that case, we shall not see each other for some time, said Minikin. So they bade farewell to each other, and Minikin went east, and King Pippin went west. When Minikin had walked a long way alone, he met an old, old crook-baked hag, who had only one eye. Minikin stole it. Oh, oh, cried the old hag. What has become of my eye? What will you give me to get your eye back, said Minikin? I will give you a sword, which is such a sword that it can conquer a whole army. Let it be ever so great, replied the woman. Let me have it, then, said Minikin. The old hag gave him the sword. So she got her eye back. Then Minikin went onwards. And when he had wandered on for some time, he again met an old, old crooked, backened, B-A-C-K-E-D, hag, who had only one eye. Minikin stole it before she was aware. Oh, oh, what has become of my eye? cried the old hag. What will you give me to get your eye back, said Minikin. I will give you a ship which can sell over fresh water and salt water over high hills and deep dells, answered the old woman. Let me have it then, said Minikin. So the old woman gave him a little bit of a ship which was no bigger than he could put in his pocket. And then he got, then she got her eye back. And she went her way and Minikin his. When he had walked on for a long time, Minikin, he met for the third time an old, old crooked bagged hag who had only one eye. This eye also Minikin stole and when the woman screams and lamented and asked what had become of her eye, Minikin said, What will you give me to get your eye back? I will give you the art to brew a hundred lasts of malt in one brewing. So for teaching that art, the old hag got her eye back and they both went away by different ways. but when minikin had walked a short distance it seemed to him that it might be worthwhile to see what his ship could do so he took it out of his pocket and first he put one foot into it and then the other and no sooner had he put one foot into the ship than it became much larger and when he set the other foot into it It grew as large as the ships that sail on the sea. Then Minikin said, Now go over fresh water and salt water, over high hills and deep dells, and do not stop until you come to the king's palace. And in an instant the ship went away as swiftly as any bird in the air till it got just below the king's palace, and there it stood still. From the windows of the king's palace many persons had seen Minikin come sailing thither, and had stood to watch him, and they were all so astounded that they ran down to see what manner of man this could be who came sailing in a ship through the air, but while They were running down from the king's palace. Minikin had got out of the ship and had put it in his pocket again. For the moment he got out of it, it once more became as small as it had been when he got it from the old hag woman. And those who came from the king's palace who see nothing... They could see nothing, but a ragged little boy who was standing down by the seashore. The king asked where he had come from, but the boy said he did not know, nor yet could he tell them how he got there. But he begged very earnestly and prettily for a, a place in the king's palace. If there was nothing else for him to do, he said, He would fetch wood and water for the kitchen maid and that he obtained leave to do. When Minikin went up to the king's palace, he saw that everything there was hung with black both outside and inside, from the bottom to the top. So he asked the kitchen maid what that meant. Oh, I will tell you that, answered the kitchen maid. The king's daughter was long ago promised away to three trolls. And next Thursday evening, next Thursday evening, one of them is to come to fetch her. Ritter Red has said that he will be able to set her free, but who knows whether he will be able to do it or not. So you may easily imagine what grief and distress we are in here. This sounds pretty close to Thor saving Freya, dressing up as a woman to go in and marry the giant, the troll, but um, Freya didn't want to marry, and uh, so Thor married <laughs> that so that he could, um, I believe, get a sword um, and free Freya from the troll. <laughs> I think it's a sword or the the Mjolnir. Okay, so further on, um, he, however, was very unlikely to do the troll much injury. For no sooner had the princess seated herself by the seashore than Ritter rid Ritter Red, say that ten times fast Ritter Red, Ritter Red, Ritter Red, Ritter Red, right from, right from, climbed up into a great tree which was standing there, and hid himself as well as he could among the branches. The princess wept and begged him most earnestly not to go to leave her, but Ritter Red did not concern himself about that. It is better that one should die than two, he said. In the meantime, Minikin begged the kitchen maid very prettily give him a leave to go down to the strand for a short time oh what could you do down at the strand said the kitchen maid you have nothing to do there oh yes my dear just let me go said minikin i should so like to go and amuse myself with the other children well, well, go then," said the kitchen maid. "But don't let me find you straying there over the time when the pan has to be set on the fire for supper, and the roast pot put on in the spit on the spit, and mind you bring back a good big armful of wood for kitchen." Minikin promised this and ran down to the seashore. Just as he got to the place where the king's daughter was sitting, the troll came rushing up with a great whistling and whirring, And he was so big and stout that he was terrible to see. And he had five heads. Fire, screeched the troll. Fire yourself, said Minikin. "'Can you fight?' roared the troll. "'If not, I can learn,' said Minikin. So the troll struck at him with a great thick iron bar, which he had in his fist, till the sods flew five yards up into the air. "'Fie!' said Minikin. "'That was not much of a blow. "'Now you shall see one of mine.' So he grasped the sword, which he had got from the old crooked back-backed witch woman and slashed at the troll so that all five heads went flying away over the sands. When the princess saw that she was delivered, she was so delightful that she did not know what she was doing and skipped, and danced, and twirled, and, "'Come and sleep a bit with your head on my lap,' she said to Minikin. And as he slept, she put a golden dress on him. But when Ritter Red saw there was no longer any danger afoot, he lost no time in creeping down from the tree. He then threatened the princess, until at length she was forced to promise to say that it was he who had rescued her, for he told her that if she did not, he would kill her. Then he took the troll's lungs and tongue and put them in his pocket, handkerchief, and led the princess back to the king's palace. And whatsoever had been lacking to him in the way of honor before was lacking no longer for the king did not know how to exalt him enough and always set him on his own right hand at the table as for minikin First he went out on the troll ship and took a great quantity of gold and silver hoops away from him, and then he trotted back to the King's palace. When the kitchen maid caught sight of all the gold and silver, she was quite amazed and said, My dear friend Minikin, where have you got all that from? For she was half afraid, and he had not come by it honestly. "'Oh,' answered Minikin, "'I had been home a while, "'and these hoops had fallen off some of our buckets, "'so I brought them away with me for you.' "'So when the kitchen-maid heard that they were for her, "'she asked no more questions about the matter. "'She thanked Minikin, "'and everything was right again at once. "'Next Thursday evening, all went just the same and everyone was full of grief and affliction but Ritter Red said that he had been able to deliver the king's daughter from one troll so that he could very easily deliver her from another and he led her down to the seashore but he did not do much harm to this troll either for when the time came when the troll might be expected He said as he had said before it is better to one should die than two and then climbed up into the tree again Minikin once more begged the cooks leave to go down to the seashore for a short time oh what can you do there said the cook my dear do let me go said Minikin I should so like to go down there and amuse myself a little with the other children. So this time also, she said that he should have leave to go. But he must first promise that he would be back by the time the joint was turned and that he would bring a great armful of wood with him. No sooner had Minikin got down to the strand than the troll came rushing along with a great whistling and whirring. And he was twice as big as the first troll, and he had ten heads. "'Fire!' shrieked the troll. "'Fire yourself!' said Minikin. "'Can you fight?' roared the troll. "'If not, I can learn,' said Minikin. So the troll struck at him with his iron club, which was still bigger than that which the first troll had had. So that the earth flew ten yards up in the air. Fie, said Minikin. That was not much of a blow. Now you shall see one of my blows. Then he grasped his sword and struck at the troll so that all his Ted heads danced away over the sands. And again the king's daughter said to him, Sleep a while on my lap. And while Minikin lay there, she drew some silver remnant over him. As soon as Ritter Red saw that there was no longer any danger afoot, he crept down from the tree and threatened the princess until at last she was again forced to promise to say that it was he who had rescued her after which he took the tongue and the lungs of the troll and put them in his pocket handkerchief and then he conducted the princess back to the palace there was joy and gladness in the palace as may be imagined and the king did not know how to show enough honor and respect to Ritter Red. Minikin, however, took home with him an armful of gold and silver hoops from the troll ship. When he came back to the king's palace, the kitchen maid clapped her hands and wondered where he could have got all the gold and silver. But Minikin answered, and he had been home for a short time, and that is and that it was only the hoops which had fallen off from Pell's and that he had brought them away from and for the kitchen maid. When the third Thursday evening came, everything happened exactly as it had happened on the two former occasions. Everything in the king's palace was hung with black, and everything was sorrowful and distressed, but Ritter Red said that he did not think that they had much reason to be afraid. He had delivered the king's daughter from two trolls, so he could easily deliver her from the third as well. He led her down to the strand, but when the time drew near for the troll to come, he climbed up into the tree again and hid himself. The princess wept. And entreated him to stay, <laughs> Stay. but all to no purpose. He stuck to his old speech. It is better that one life should be lost than two. This evening also Minikin begged for leave to go down to the seashore. Oh, what can you do there? Answered the kitchen maid. However, he begged until at last he got leave to go, but he was forced to promise that he would be back again in the kitchen when the roast had to be turned. Almost immediately after, he had got down to the seashore. The troll came with a great whizzing and whirling. Oh, not whizzling or whirling. This time it's whizzing. Whizzing or whizzing. And worrying and he was much much bigger than either of the two former ones the two former trolls and he had 15 heads oh my goodness 5 times 3 five, ten, fifteen, 15 powers of 3 now he's got 15 heads fire roared the troll fire yourself said Minikin can you fight? screamed the troll. If not, I can learn, said Minikin. All right, all of a sudden you got a little voice. I think you got kicked in the binox. You know, the last one, the knockers, the knockers, the, binocers, the I will teach you, yelled the troll and struck him with an iron club so that the earth flew up 15 yards high in the air. Fie, said Minikin. That was not much of a blow. Now I will let you see one of my blows. So saying, he grasped his sword and cut at the troll in such a way that all fifteen heads danced away over the sands. Then the princess was delivered, and she thanked Minikin and blessed him for saving her. Sleep a while now on my lap, she said, and while he lay there, she put a garment of brass upon him but now how shall we have it made known that it was you who saved me said the king's daughter that I will tell you answered Minikin when Ritter Red has taken you home again and given out that it was he who rescued you he will as you know have you to wife and half the kingdom. But when they ask you on your wedding day whom you will have to be your cup bearer, you must say, I will have the ragged boy who is in the kitchen and carries wood and water for the kitchen maid. And when I am filling your cups for you, I will spill a drop upon his plate, but none upon yours and then he will be angry and strike me. And this will take place thrice, three times. But the third time you must say, shame on you, thus you smite the beloved of my heart. It is he who delivered me from the troll and he is the one who I will have. Then Minikin ran back to the king's palace, as he had done before, but first he went on board the troll ship and took a great quantity of gold and silver, and other precious things, and out of these he once more gave to the kitchen maid a whole armful of gold and silver hoops. No sooner did Ritter Red see that all danger was over than he crept down by the tree and threatened the king's daughter till he made her promise to say that he had rescued her. Then he conducted her back to the king's palace. And if honor enough had not been done him before, it was certainly done now. For the king had no other thought. Then how to make much the man who had saved his daughter from the three trolls. And it was settled then that Ritter Red should marry her and receive half the kingdom. On the wedding day, however, the princess begged that she might have the little boy who was in the kitchen and carried wood and water for the kitchen maid to fill the wine cups at the wedding feast. Oh, what can you want with that dirty, ragged boy in here, said Ritter Red. But the princess said that she insisted on having him as cutbearer and would have no one else. And at last, she got leave. And then everything was done, as had been agreed, on between the princess and Minikin. He split. Mm -hmm. He split a drop of water on Ritter Red's plate, but none upon hers. And each time that he did it, Ritter Red fell into a rage and struck Minikin. At the first blow, all the ragged garments which Minikin had worn in the kitchen fell from him. Fell right off Minikin. At the second blow, the brass garments fell off, and at the third, and silver raiment. And there he stood in the golden remnant. Is it raiment? Which was so bright and splendid that light flashed from it. Then the king's daughter said, Shame on you, thus to smite the beloved. Of my heart. It is he who delivered me from the troll, and it is he the one whom I will have. Ritter Red swore that he was the man who had saved her, but the king said, He who delivered my daughter must have some token in proof of it. Kind of like the rune to show Odin that Freya was saved from the troll. I believe that is how that story goes. So Ritter ran off at once for his handkerchief with the lungs and tongue. And Minikin went and brought all the gold and silver and precious things which he had taken out of the troll ships, and they each of them laid these tokens before the king. He who has such precious things in gold and silver and diamonds, said the king, must be the one who killed the troll. For such things are not to be had anywhere else, said Ritter Red was thrown into the snake pit and Minikin was to have the princess and half the kingdom. One day the king went out walking with Minikin and Minikin asked him if he had never had any other children. Yes, said the king, I had another daughter but the troll carried her away because there was no one who could deliver her. You are going to have one daughter of mine, but if you can set free the other who has been taken by the troll, you shall willingly have her too, king, and the other half of the kingdom as well. Oh my
1: goodness.
0: I may as well make the attempt, said Minikin. But I must have an iron rope, which is five hundred ells long, and then I must have five hundred men with me, and provisions for five weeks, for I have a long voyage before me. So the king said he should have these things, but the king was afraid that he had no ship large enough to carry them all. But I have a ship of my own, said Minikid and he took the one which the old woman had given him out of his pocket. The king laughed at him and thought that it was only one of Minikin's jokes. But Minikin begged him just to give him what he had asked for, and then he should see something. Then. All that Minikin had asked for was brought and first he ordered them to lay the cable in the ship but there was no one who was able to lift it and there was only room for one or two men at a time in the little bit of a ship then Minikin himself took hold of the cable and laid one or two links of it into the ship and as it threw the links into it the ship grew bigger and bigger and at last it was so large that the cable and the five hundred men and provisions and Minikin himself had room enough. Now go over fresh water and salt water over hill and dell and do not stop until you come where the king's daughter is said minikin to the ship as freya says to sesram and off it went in a moment over land and water till the wind whistled and moaned all round about it when they had sailed thus a long long time the ship stopped short in the middle of the sea ah Now we have got there, said Minikin. But how we are to get back again is a very difficult thing. Then he took the cable and tied one end of it round his body. Now I must go to the bottom, he said. But when I give a good jerk to the cable and want to come up again, You must all pull like one man, or there will be an end of all life both for you and for me. So saying he sprang into the water, and yellow bubbles rose above all around him, he sank lower and lower, and at last he came to the bottom. There he saw a large hill with a door in it, and in he went. When he had got inside, he found the other princess sitting, sewing. But when she saw Minikin, she clapped her hands. Ah, as God, be praised, she cried. I have not seen a human man since I came here. I have come for you, said Minikin. Alas, alas, you will not be able to get me, said the king's daughter. It is no use. Even to think of that, if the troll catches sight of you, he will take your life. You had better tell me about him, said Minikin. Where is he gone? It would be amusing to see him. So the king's daughter told Minikin that the troll was out trying to get a hold of someone who could brew a hundred lass of malt at one brewing for there was to be a feast at the trolls, at which less than that would not be drunk. I can do that, said Minikin. Ah, if only the troll were not so quick-tempered, I might have told him that, answered the princess, but he is so ill-natured, and he will tear you into pieces. I fear as soon as he comes in, but I will try to find some way of doing it. Can you hide yourself here in the cupboard, and then we will see what happens?" Minikin did this, and almost before he had crept into the cupboard the, kit, the hit, and hidden himself came the troll. Huff! What a smell of human man's blood, said the troll. Yes, a bird flew over the roof with a human man's bone in his bill. And let it fall down our chimney, answered the princess. I made haste enough to get it away again, but it must be that which smells so, notwithstanding. Yes, it must be that, said the troll. Then the princess asked if he had got a hold of anyone who had who could brew a hundred lass of malt in one brewing. No, there was no one who could do that, said the troll. A short time since there was a man here who said he could do it, said the king's daughter. How clever you always are, said the troll. How could you let him go away? You must have known That it was just wanting a man of that kind well but I didn't let him go after all said the princess but father is so quick-tempered so I hid him in the cupboard but if father has not found anyone then the man is still here let him come in said the troll When Minikin came, the troll asked if it were true that he could brew a hundred lass of malt at one brewing. Yes, said Minikin, it is. It is well, then, that I have lightened you, said the troll. Fall to work this very minute, but Asgard help you if you do not brew the L strong. Oh, it shall taste well, said Minikin, and at once set himself to work the brew. But I must have more trolls to help to carry it, the wanted Minikin, and then that I have a good, good for nothing. So he got more and so many. There was a swarm of them, a swarm of trolls, and then the brewing went on. When the sweet wort was ready, They were all, as a matter of course, anxious to taste it, first the troll himself and then the others. But Minkin had brewed the wort so strong that they all fell down dead like as many flies as soon as they had drunk all of it or any of it. At last there was no one left but the wretched old hag who was lying behind the stove. Oh, poor old creature, said Minikin, you shall have a taste of the wort, too, like the rest. So she went away and scooped up a little from the bottom of the brewing vat in the milk pan gave it to her. And then it was quite whole of them. While Minikin was now standing there looking about him, he cast his eye in a large chest. This he took, I filled with gold and silver, and then he tied the cable around himself and the princess to his chest, and tugged at the rope with all his might, whereupon his men drew them up safe and sound. As soon as Minikin had got safely on his ship again, he said, Now go over salt water and fresh water over hill and dell, and do not stop until you come upon king's palace and in a moment the ship went off and fast yellow foam rose up and round about it when those um, who were at the king's palace saw the ship they lost no time in going to meet him with long and music and thus they marched up towards minikin with great rejoices but the gladdest of all was the king, for now he had got his other daughter back, but now the Minikin was not happy, for both of the princesses wanted to have him, and he wanted to have none other than one whom he had first saved, and she was the younger. For this cause, he was continually walking backwards and forward, thinking how he could contrive to let her, and yet do nothing that was unkind to her sister Um, and I might have to continue this in the morning uh, because I only got 50 minutes on this story but I'm going to end it here so um, the next is going to be one day when he was walking about and then thinking of this it came into his mind that if only he had his brother King Pippin with him who was so like himself that no one could distinguish the other from the other he could let him have the elder princess and half the kingdom as for himself he thought the other half was quite enough and oh I might be able to finish it let's see Um, as soon as he thought occurred to him uh, he went outside the palace and called for king pippin but no one came so he called a second time a little louder but no and still he called a third time and with all his might there he stood his brother beside him i told you that you were not to call me unless there was an utmost need said he said to Minikin, and there it is not even so much as a midge here who can do you any harm. And with this he gave Minikin such below he rolled over on the grass. Shame on you to strike me, uh, said Minikin. First have I won one princess and half a kingdom and then the other princess and then the other half of the kingdom. And now when I was just thinking that I would give you one princess and the other halves of the kingdom, do you think? you have any reason to give me such a blow and king pippin heard that he begged his brothers pardon and they were reconciled at once and became good friends now as you know said minikin "Um, we are so like each other that no one can tell one of us from the other so just change clothes with me and go up to the palace and then the princess will think that I am coming in, and the one who kisses you first shall be yours, and I will have the other. For he knew that the elder princess was the stronger, so he could very well guess how things would go. King Pippin at once agreed to this. He changed clothes with his brother and went into the palace. When he entered the princess's apartment, they believed that he was Minikin, and both of them ran up to him at once, but the elder who was the bigger and stronger pushed her sister aside and threw her arms around king pippin's neck and kissed him so he got her to wife and minikin the younger sister it will be easy to understand that two weddings took place and that they were magnificent that they were heard of and talked about all over seven kingdoms that fairy tale was written by peter christian ab and Pjorken Ikbretzenmål. Read by none other than yours truly, Freya Folkfinger, Cess from your at Freya's Hall. I hope I did a good job with that one. That was a lot of reading. Um, my throat's a little dry, probably a little sore tomorrow, but I guess we'll find out in the morning because I will say good morning to you. But tonight I'm going to say good night, sweet dreams, and... I love you, ciao. Hello and welcome to Freya's Hall. This is Freya Folkfinger, Sessrimir, and today I am going to tell a tale about a story about Freya, and kind of clear up some rumors. Okay? Freya, as we know, is the goddess of love. She is the sister of Freyr. Like Freyr, she is a veneer, and was one of the hostages exchanged at the end of the war between Aesir and the Vanir gods. That war. Perhaps a more accurate description would be to say that Freya is the goddess of sex and lust. She is sought after by giants. Trolls. Trolls were the giants, okay? We're talking about trolls here when we say giants. The mason who rebuilds the wall of Asgard by Rungnir, who duels with Thor, and by Thrym, who steals Thor's hammer. Loki accuses Freya of being a whore in the poem of Locasina. But Loki has always tried to get with Freya. This is what I'm clearing out. Even in this lifetime, Freya still tried to stay away from Loki's um, advances. She's just not interested, okay? Maybe when she shape shifted into Lorelei. But then Lorelei is also a shapeshifter. So let's go back. Freya's is not a horror. Just because she um, promotes like sex and she l- teaches of lust and sex and all that stuff, does that make her a horror? Okay? And we're going to get down to the rest of the story. In addition, Freya is associated with war. But because Freya is associated with war doesn't mean she goes to start war. She goes and associates with war because she understands it and she corrects it, okay? Just because she's associated with war doesn't mean that she is about starting wars. Freya collects the Chosen of the Slain Warriors with the Valkyria after a battle. Half of them go to Odin while Freya keeps half of them for herself carries them to Sessomir. Okay? She's like the reaper. Valkyries are like the reaper, the grim reaper. Uh, they escort the dead to the other world. Okay? Um, now Freya in her field and Sessomir is a uh, hall with chairs and filled and all that stuff. And that's where they train for the... Um, the war okay and she's gonna win every war strategy it's not about brutality it's about strategy Freya travels a chariot drawn by cats when she commutes she possesses a cloak made of the feather of a falcon which allows her wearer to fly but Freya's most treasured possession is her brisingamen. This is a fantastically valuable piece of jewelry. But just what sort of jewelry is unclear from the surviving stories. The consensus is that it is a necklace. The story of how Freya acquired the necklace exists only in fragmentary form today. Freya left Asgard early one morning before dawn. Almost in a trance, Freya dreamed of gold. Loki noticed Freya and allowed sh- and followed as she crossed Big Frost and traveled across Midgard at the end of the day. Freya came to the cavern. She entered the dark passage and walked down into the rocks. Loki followed. Passing through a narrow opening between the rocks, Freya entered into the smithy of the four dwarves Alfrig, Valen, Berling, and Grr. Loki, undetected, watched through the opening. Freya was dazzled by the brilliance of the furnace, but then Freya saw the breathtaking work of the dwarves, a necklace of gold twisting and weaving and incised with patterns. Freya had never seen anything more beautiful, nor had Freya desired anything so much. Freya tried to buy the necklace from the dwarves. The dwarf said, "They had no need for more gold or silver." Freya asked what price they would accept. The dwarves conferred and said they would give Freya the necklace if she agreed to spend one night with each of them. She consented. But that does not necessarily mean that Freya had sex or any fornication with the dwarves. It just means that she spent the night with each of them. She could have been teaching them Seder. She could have been teaching them witchcraft. She could have been teaching them many, many, many things. Talks and tells and love stories and love songs because that is what Freya was and is about. Freya spent four days and four nights with the dwarves. At the end of the time, the dwarves fastened the necklace of the brissings around Freya's neck. Freya returned to Asgard, but Loki returned faster, the little sneak, and headed straight to Odin's hall and told Odin of Freya's prostitution. Loki's smugness turned to fear when Odin commanded Loki to get the necklace and return with it. Later that night, Loki boldly made his way to Freyas Hall, Sesramnir. First, Loki tried the door, but the door was locked. Using Loki's shaped, changing abilities, Loki turned himself into a fly. But he could find no crack big enough to admit him into the hall. Finally, Loki found an opening in the roof. Flying to Freya's bed, Loki found the necklace clasped around Freya's neck. With the catch under her neck and out of reach, changing himself into a flea, Loki crawled under Freya's sleeping figure to her cheek. He stung her. Freya moaned, oh, ow, and rolled to one side, exposing the clasp of the necklace. Returning to his own form, Loki released the clasp and slit the necklace from Freya's neck. Unbolting the main door of the hall, Loki boldly walked back out into the night. When Freya awoke, found the necklace missing, and saw the open door, Freya knew that only Loki could have been the thief. Freya also realized that not even Loki would have risked such an undertaking unless Loki had been commanded to do so by Odin. What Freya could not fathom was how Freya's secret had been discovered. Freya hurried to the front and confronted Odin, saying he had debased himself. If he had played any part in the theft, Odin's anger was plain. Odin asked Freya how she could talk of deceneration re-degeneration when Freya had debased herself by selling her body to four foul dwarfs. Freya stormed at Odin but Odin insisted that Freya accepted the punishment. If Freya wanted to see the Bringing Amen again. Freya must spread warfare and misery in Mizgar, other known as Earth. Freya was instructed to stir up hatred between the sons of men and to stir up a war without end. Whether they wish it or not, let men rip one another to pieces. Freya agreed to the condition. So after reading this um, and my comparisons and my exact profile to Freya and Freya using me as a outlet to get her story out to humanity and to her Valkyries and to other known beings on this earth that need to know the truth. um, Freya, I am not waging war and hatred between sons and men. So now I'm starting to figure out why when I get a boyfriend or a husband or a Mel's in my life and they're stirring up some kind of chaos or trouble or they try to date me or I date them or something comes into um, an agitated part, let's say. Odin strikes. And that's why people around me have been being taken to the other world. So, now I know what Odin wants. I kind of figured that. But Odin needs to understand, and I'm going to talk to him, that Freya is not about waging wars, okay? And I can't do that. So, we need to come to another kind of an agreement Or something. And he needs to understand. And I hope me proving to him. Me proving that my disgust for the trolls and the dwarves. I can't have anything to do with them. Their smell. Their energy. Their everything about them. And my begging of him and Thor to help me. But it's been left to me to get rid of the troll. And... I succeeded. <laughs> I finally succeeded. This war is over in less than 12 days. Less than 12 days. <sighs> Let's see. Today is the 4th, 5th, ten, eleven, twelve. In eight days, before eight days, in under eight days, I will be free of this troll. And Odin, and Thor, and Vidar, and Freya up above, and anyone else who's watching, and Loki, the little pest come at me again I remember when you even tried getting this one from me this one <laughs> Loki and I might find you and tag you in these podcasts because everybody needs to know that we are on this earth and and we're gonna we're gonna succeed this and the, the trolls and the little bastards are at it still so whoever said there was a twilight of the gods and succeed and defeated the trolls was not a continued not a claimed not a victoried victory it's not complete so Freya's gotta finish I guess I gotta finish the troll. so how many trolls down I think I've taken down two three Maybe there's only one left, or hopefully this is the last one. Until then, I sign off. Again, thank you for listening to Freya's Hall. I have more stories to come. And, um, yeah. Again, thanks for listening. I'm going to take a 15-minute nap before I go back to work. And hail to my loved ones. Freya Folkvanger says from your signing off. Have a great day.